Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman, he went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And so he called ten of his servants and he delivered to them ten minas. And he said to them, do business until I come. But his citizens, they hated him. And they sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Right. Yeah, yeah. Then came the first servant saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And the master said to him, well done, servant, because you were faithful. Somebody say faithful. In very little, have authority now over ten cities. Then the second servant came saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Master said, likewise to you, servant, you will be over five cities. And then another came saying, Master, here is your one mina, which I kept, I put it away in a handkerchief. For I feared you, because you are an austere man. You collect where you don't deposit, and you reap what you don't sow. And he said to him, out of your own mouth, I'm going to judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank? That at my coming, I might have collected it with interest. And he said to those who stood by, take this mina from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. But they said to him, master, he already has 10 minas. And the master said, for I'm saying to you, that to everyone who has, they will be given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring those enemies of mine, those people who didn't want me to rule over them, and slay them before me. And all God's people said, Amen. I'm going to tag this message today, the parable of the noble man the parable of the noble man you may be seated <laughs> beloved when we come to this portion of our text today we see a clear understanding of what Jesus says and thinks about stewardship in the earth you hear me talk about this all the time 
as a believer, you are a steward over God's resources. But what we learn, Brother John, in this passage today is that stewardship is more than just having treasure or possessing things. Stewardship is really about faithfulness and being committed to invest what God has entrusted you with to use in the earth on his behalf. Did you catch it? Today's lesson, Brother Jordan, is going to reveal to us three things, son. Number one is going to reveal to us a look at the servant's assignments. Number two, a look at the servant's awards. And finally, the servant's assessments. So are you going to help me to walk through this today? Thank you. Verse 12, keep your eye on the screen or in the text, wherever you have the, the word of God in front of you. Notice what the Bible says in verse 12. Good to see you, Brother Reuben. Welcome home. Therefore, he said, Jesus did, a certain noble man. He went into a far country, Sister Andrea, to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And so he called 10 of his servants and he delivered to them 10 minas. And he said to them, as he gave them this money, do business with this until I come. But, verse 14, some citizens of that country hated him. And they sent a delegation after him to tell him, we will not have you. To reign over us. Verse 15. And so it was. The Bible says that when he returned. And after having received. The kingdom. That he went to get. He then commanded. Those servants to whom. He had given the money to. To be called. To him. That he might know. How much. Every one of them had gained by trading. Can I unpack this for us, beloved? Welcome home, Carmen. Good to see you, daughter. When we first come to this portion of the scripture, you and I get to see Dr. Luke telling us the story of a parable that's being taught by Jesus. Jesus says there was a certain nobleman who had resources and he had power and he was desiring to rule over another country. He had already had one, right? right. right? So he leaves his own kingdom to go and take over another kingdom. And before he departs, he calls 10 servants And he leaves them in charge with his money. Can I say some more? According to the story, Lady Green, 
He gave them money to invest. In other words, it wasn't their money. Tell somebody it wasn't theirs. They just had the opportunity to invest what belonged to him in his absence. Oh, wait, that's good. I noticed a couple things here in this verse. Number one, in this verse, the emphasis of the passage really comes in the latter part of the verse, dealing with that third servant who is not like the other two. But what we notice in these first couple of verses is that the nobleman, here's what he has, Reverend Nichols, he has a vision for leadership. He has a vision of investment. He has a vision to assign people something to do in his absence. This noble man, Reverend White, is a giver. Can I say it again? He gives money. He gives vision. He gives leadership. He gives assignments. And he gives expectations. Sound like God, huh? Secondly, I notice in this verse, the servants who have been given the minas, or the money, another word for it was called the drachma. It was a coin that had the inscription of God on it. It was a sacred coin. It was a, a, a separate coin. It was value. In fact, one mina is said to have been equivalent to three days labor. So it was a very valuable coin, right? He only gives the coin to servants. In the passage, there are citizens and there are servants. Uh-oh. I just dropped something right there. There's two types of people in his kingdom. There are those that are related to him in service. And then there are those that experience what it looks like to live under his rule. Can I say some more? Now notice this. Not all of these citizens have been called to serve the nobleman. Nor have all the citizens the same understanding and intimate relationship with the nobleman. The money, the special coin, was only given to ten of them. In other words, he was not expecting all of the citizens to invest in his vision of the kingdom. There were some people that were left out of the special task of serving and knowing the noble man. Thirdly, I noticed in this text, every servant has been called. They've received the same thing, the same amounts, and the same opportunity. Y'all see that here? There's no favorite servants in the kingdom. As a servant, not one of them, daughter Gabby, is more valuable than the next one. Y'all catch that right there? Let me say it this way. 
They all, Brother Cooley, have the same value, the same assignments, and the same opportunities. What is it? To do business until he comes. When I look at this text, when these servants got this money, it was time for them, Miss Cindy, to think. It was time for them to strategize. It was time for them to come up with a plan to give the nobleman more when he returns than when he gave them when he left. Did y'all catch that part in there? Here it is. Here it is, Lady Wilson. They've all received something. But they all need to give more than they received when he comes back. That makes sense, John? Fourthly, I noticed this in the passage. The citizens of the country, they got a problem with the nobleman. Did y'all read it? They got a problem with him. Why? Why, pastor? Because they're not followers of him. They, they got a problem with him because they're not down with his agenda in the kingdom. The first thing they teach us, these citizens, is that number one, Sister Mary, they don't like his leadership. Number two, they teach us they don't like his vision. And number three, they teach us they don't like serving. Say, Pastor, where'd you get all that? The Bible says, after he called, he announced, I'm going to conquer another kingdom. Come on, servants, I got something for you to do when I get back. While he's on the way, they send a delegation. These are the other citizens to go tell him, you ain't going to rule over us. Now, what part are they mad about? Those things I just talked about. Number one, he didn't call them servants. Number two, he didn't give them something to do, right? Number three, they went down with the vision anyway. Are you with me here? But now they're going to serve him notice while he's away. I, I got something right here, niggas. They didn't dare say it to his face while he was there. But when he goes away, Reverend White, everybody gets bad. I learned something from their behavior. The citizens of the country, they may be in the nobleman's vicinity and location, and they may be in the position to experience his giving and oversight, but they want no parts of him. Mm -hmm. I wrote myself a note. They may be experiencing his prosperity. He's conquering kingdoms. His power, his provision. But they want nothing to do with his leadership. They want the blessings that his rulership can provide. But they want no parts of his legacy. Here it is. They may be experienced the benefits and experience, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, his best. They may be benefiting rather from his bounty. But they want nothing to do with his being. 
In fact, they send a message, as I talked about, telling him we ain't interested in you leading us. Here's the application of those first four verses. This parable that Jesus is teaching, daughter Linda, is a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. The story is teaching us that there are two types of people in the world. Servants of God and enemies of God. Did y'all catch that? Don't get it twisted, Jazz. There's only two types of people. Believers and unbelievers. And everybody, somebody say everybody, falls into that category. I don't care how rich they are or how poor they are. There are only two types of people, niece. Believers and unbelievers. When I look at this text, the servants of this world, they long to live for God in the earth. They long to do what God has asked them to do in the earth. And they always adhere to his governance, his word, his law. His word becomes a light unto their feet and a lamp unto their path. But those other citizens, they want nothing to do with his word or with him. Is this making sense, y'all? When I look at this text, this story is teaching us what it means as servants, as stewards of God, to have an assignment for God in a world where people don't love him. Or like him. Or are willing to follow him. That's what this parable is about. We've looked. At the servant's. Assignment. Can I show you now. The servant's award. Look at verse 16. The nobleman goes out. He conquers. Deacon Terry. The other kingdom he comes back. When he comes back, verse 16, then came the first servant saying to him, Master, your mina, that money you gave me, the drachma, it has earned 10 minas. And the master said to him, Lady Green, well done, servant, good servant, because you were Faithful in very little. Somebody say very little. You will now have authority over 10 of my cities. Verse 17 or 18. And then the second servant came and said to him, Master, your meter that you gave me. It is now earned five. Somebody say five. Five, five minas. And the master said to him, well done. You won't be over five cities. Mm-hmm. Let me unpack this. Beloved, when we come to this portion of the parable, we first of all see the servants that invested what the master told them to They've been awarded, watch this now, 
not because of the meaner they received. They've been rewarded. Oh, help me preach it all. Because of their faithfulness. I'm trying to help somebody who's getting discouraged. Because you're doing stuff and you look up and ain't nobody else doing nothing. Take your eye off them. Be faithful to what he gave you. Does that make sense? I can't help notice in this text, Brother Johnny, some stark news. Remember there were ten servants? But only three are called to give an account. My question was, what happened to the seven? Well, you know, I have a rule when I study the Bible. Where the Bible is silent, you be silent. I need to say that again. If the Bible ain't talking about it, you get off of it. Because this becomes the authority for how you live your life. We don't make it up what we. And so I want to know what happened to the seven when I get to heaven. I ask, what happened to the seven? But since I don't have the seven to look at, I got the three to examine. Only three are called to give the account. Now, this is interesting. I like to think that every servant is different. Did y'all catch me? Brother Crawford, I like to think that every servant has different gifts, different talents, different visions, and watch this, different levels of intellect to use when it comes to investing the resources that he gave you. We all got the same amount. We all got the same calling. We all got the same amount of time. The same opportunities. But we don't all have the same levels of gifts, talents, intellects, and abilities. You have to use what he gave you according to what you already got. So I can't get mad because Zuniga is blowing up, doing all these things. That's according to his level and giftings and abilities. And I ought not be hating on him because he's blowing up. I ought to be saying, run Zuniga. Use all you got. Am I making sense here? Secondly, I learned in this parable, guess what? These servants, they must all, somebody say all, all. give an answer. Mm-hmm. Watch this now. Not for their abilities, talents, gifts, and intellects. Mm-hmm. What do they have to give an answer for? Their faithfulness yeah. or their lack of faithfulness. Yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah. And watch this. According to their faithfulness, the nobleman in this story, Brother Jazz, he gives them rewards. When they bring him the results of their stewardship, he gives them back in return more than they started with. Y'all catch that? Remember he gave them all one meaning, somebody say one. They took it and invested it brought him back more than what he gave them. 
Guess what he does now, Sister McBee? Gives them back more. Didn't I tell you he was a giver? Now he gives them more according to their ability, their talents, their giftings, and their intellects. He knows what they can manage now based on what they brought back that's based on their faithfulness. God, that felt good. Does that make sense? Yeah. You always heard some of the old people say, God will never give you more than he can bear, you can bear. That's kind of true. But then it ain't true. How many of y'all have some stuff going on? You're like, I can't do this no more. And God gave it to you, you know. You're like, that's a lie. I can't bear this passion. Yeah. But when it comes to this truth, he gives them as a reward according to their faithfulness. Some of us can't handle the rewards of God because your faithfulness ain't where it need to be. You ain't been faithful with the little investment. Why you want him to bless you with something else? You can't manage what you got. I ain't trying to hurt nobody's feelings. I'm just trying to keep it in the text. Somebody holler back to the book. What I learned in this text. Not only does he reward them according to their faithfulness and their service, but the second thing I see in here is they have been affirmed as servants. That's what the award does. See, when he awards them, it's not done in a closet. He awards them in front of the citizens that hate him and in front of the other servants that had the same opportunities that they did. This is an open award ceremony. Can I say some more? Servants who understood this assignment, who they were, and who accomplished what they were able to accomplish according to their ability gets this award. Here's the application. I think this will bless you. God has given every one of his servants in the earth to see it, bro. Something to do for him. Oh, God, isn't that good? Can I say that? So can I say that again? Mama said, somebody may be here and say, I would do something, but I ain't got nothing to do. No, stop lying. God has given everybody, somebody say everybody, something to do for him in the earth. And in their assignments, they are to take what God has given and to use it in the earth to bless his kingdom initiatives. Can I say it another way? Your assignment ain't for heaven. When we get to heaven, the assignments are over. Your assignment is for earth. Y'all with me here? And you got a small window. To invest what he gave me. But yeah, I keep looking. I say, ooh, my window is closing. Y'all know I've been joking. I'm in the fourth quarter of life. Sister Regina, I got more life behind me than I got in front of me. And I tell all the people now, especially the young people at the college campus, listen, my fourth quarter got to be my best quarter. Don't pull me out the game. Let me play. Till the clock run out. Are you with me here? I ain't trying to save nothing up for what? Right, right. 
Did I tell y'all ain't no retirement in the kingdom? All those people who worked all those years for a retirement, that means you full-time in ministry now. <laughs> I just made a lot of people mad right there, brother Mel. They're going to call you this week and sign up for that ministry. Can I get a witness? We've looked at the servants' assignments. We've looked at the servants' awards. Let's look now at the servants' assessment, and then I'm coming down. The Bible says in verse 20 that that third servant came. And he said, Master, here is your mina. And look what he says, y'all. I put it away. And I kept it in a handkerchief. Because I feared you. Because you were an austere man. You, you collect what you didn't deposit. And you reap where you haven't sown. And the master said to him, out of your own mouth, fool. That's my word. That ain't in there. I'm going to judge you. But this is in there. You wicked servant. Y'all see that there? He said, you knew I was an austere man. Collecting what I did not deposit. And reaping what I did not sow. Why didn't you not put my money in the bank? And that at my coming I might have collected interest. And he said to those who stood by. Y'all see him come take that meaner from him. And give it to the one on the end who got ten. And they said master he already got ten. Jesus said I'm saying to all of y'all. That to the one who has been given. Or rather to everyone. Who has been given. And from him who does not have. Even what he has. Is going to be taken away. Let me open this for you. Open it. Beloved when we come to this last portion. Of the text we discover. The last of the three servants. Pastor Zuniga. He has what I call son. Is an attitude. Of unfaithfulness. He was called to be a servant. He was called to invest like the other servants. He was called, Sister Michelle, to be in service to the master. However, daughter, he was not willing to do what he was called to do. See, instead of using creativity and investing his master's resources, he chose to do nothing. Y'all catch it? This servant, he deliberately would not invest what was given to him for the benefit of the one who gave him the resources. Reverend McBee, secondly, I notice in this passage, Elder, he knew that the master was returning. He knew that he wanted a return on his investment. He knew that one day he was going to have to give an account to what God has given him. But nevertheless, instead of using what the Lord told him to use, he took it and hid it in a napkin. Notice this. He hid the resource 
instead of investing the resource. He chose to do nothing, Lady Wilson, when he had the opportunity to do something. They all had the same opportunity, the same amount of time. He chose Brother Freddie to put it away instead of put it to work. Oh, I just said something like that. He chose to put it away. Jose, instead of put it to work. Jesse, he had the chance, man of God. But because he was unfaithful, he would rather hide it instead of invest it. Lastly, in the passage, I've learned this. Learn this about the unfaithful servant and his assessment. This was his assessment. It ain't my money. And so I don't care what you do with it. Y'all with me here? Let me say it another way. It's his responsibility. I'm not going to do nothing with it. His assessment was it wasn't going to prosper him. This is about you, noble man. This ain't about me. I believe this servant had the heart and the attitude, watch this now, of the citizens in that country instead of the servants in that country. Okay, let me say it another way. The citizen philosophy about living in that kingdom had rubbed off on the servant. And instead of him having the servant's mentality, he had the, the citizen's mentality. Here I come. Are y'all with me here? Don't we see that in the world today? The Christian is still living as a servant on mission. And the world waiting on the nobleman has taken on the mentality of the citizens in a fallen world. Let's say some more. And as the citizens in this country wanted nothing to do with him, the servant with the mina wanted nothing to do with him. I wrote myself a note, Brother Ruben, I think you'll appreciate this. He got a title of a servant. He's got the position of a servant. He's got the position of a servant. He got the platform of a servant. But in his heart, he want nothing to do with the king. It's a lot of people got the title, Jazz, of Reverend Dr. Elder Bishop. Deacon, first lady, lady, mama, so-and-so, deaconess, so-and-so. Y'all with me, choir director, so-and-so, right? They got the title, but they ain't got the love. Y'all listening to me? The cold thing in this text is he actually has the audacity. When the noble man shows up and says, you know, I feared you, Doc. I feared you. Because after all, yeah, you an austere man. <laughs> you know how we can talk. What does he mean by the word austere? Well, I'm glad you asked. See, austere means to be unfriendly and to be a too serious individual. In other words, he say, you know, Doc, I know how you are about your money. And because you're so serious and you unfriendly, Brother didn't want to waste your money. When he called him to spend the money. 
Can y'all see it? Yeah. He knew. This is why I wrote myself a note, Brother Johnny. He knew the type of investor the noble man was. And because he knew it, he should have responded accordingly. But his heart wasn't with the noble man. Nor was it for the noble man. So as a result, he refused to use what the noble man had gained. And then finally, the sad thing in this text is this. That the noble man, yes, instead of promoting this servant, has to publicly punish this servant. The Bible says that he answered him. He said, man, out of your own mouth, I'm going to judge you. You wicked servant. I wish I had time to work right there. Y'all mind? Can I take some privileges? Notice the, notice the word before servant. He doesn't say this about any others. He defined him as wicked. That means you were in the category of those who should have loved me. But now I've got to place you in a whole nother category. You are a wicked servant. Not a faithful servant. What category are you in? If you're born again, you ought to be in the servant category. And you in the servant category, but what are you doing in the category? Are you faithful over what he gave you to do? Or are you unfaithful? If you're faithful, you got a great reward coming. Hallelujah. If you're unfaithful, he calls you wicked. And that don't mean like you wicked cool. No, that ain't what he's talking about. Y'all see how the world, we take what's bad and try to make it good? That ain't good with God. Somebody say, not with God. He called him a wicked servant. And then I like what he says. You knew I was an austere man. Woo, that really got me right there. I said, what? Because at first I got offended when he called the nobleman that. Then I said, oh, the nobleman said, yeah, that's me. I am serious. I can be unfriendly. Uh-huh. When it comes to what I'm asking you to do. Okay, let me say it another way. God ain't playing when he asks you to do something. God is a lot like my mama. You better have his house clean when I come home. And if you don't, it's going to be me and you. <laughs> Y'all had the same mama. Didn't mean she didn't love me. It just means she put some weight on my assignment. Carla, am I making sense, daughter? God has put weight on his assignment with you, and you're going to give an account for it. Okay, let me get out of here. I kept you long enough. I want my daughters to have plenty of time to fellowship. As I come down, the Bible says that after the nobleman spoke to the wicked servant, he then called those who were around and said, take it from him. Oh, gosh. Take it away from him what I gave him. And give it to the one who's got ten. Did you see that there? Now, the one who has ten doesn't have much to say about that. But the nobleman is still thinking about what he's able to do and what he gives him. 
So he keeps giving him more to use. Because of his faithfulness. Y'all see that there? And then he explains why he did it. Because they got a question. They scratched the hip of Lord. He already got 10. So let me tell y'all something. To everyone who has, more is going to be given to them. Because he's got 10, he's got 5. They're going to get more. And to the one who does not have, that one who just lost it, I'm going to take even what they do hold. Y'all catch that there? What a picture into the kingdom to come. Well, I got to leave you now. But as I was coming down out of this text, the last verse pops up. Remember those people who said to him, we don't want nothing to do with you? And they sent a delegation to go tell him? He ain't forgot. Y'all catch The Bible said that he calls those servants. He said, you know all them people that said they're not going to have me to rule over them? Bring them all here. And kill them. There's no more place for them in this kingdom. You don't want me over you? I'm not going to be over you. In fact, ain't nobody going to be over you. Death going to be over you. He's punishing them. Can I tell you something, beloved? The world will not get away from rejecting God. You ain't got a heaven or a hell to put them in, but God do. And he's going to judge every last one of them that says we won't have you to rule over us. Are you with me here? They got an opportunity to accept his rule and reign. But if they don't want it, the consequences are going to be theirs. Let me say this. See, he can't have citizens in his kingdom that don't want him to be king. That's going to cause problems. I like to say it this way, Brother Crawford. Ain't nobody going to heaven that don't really want to be there. I keep telling people, ain't no gangsters in heaven. You killing people on earth and he told you thou shalt not kill. You don't want to worship. You don't want to praise him. You, don't, you want to talk about his folks and you think you're going to graduate from here and go there? No. Heaven is for people that love him. You can't even just like him a little bit and think you're going. Ain't, gonna, ain't nobody going to be in heaven mail that barely got there. Everybody going to heaven because they love him. And they love the blood that he shed for them. Are y'all with me here? Ain't no halfway believers. You either in or you out. Am I making sense here? So y'all, I'm through losing sleep over people that don't love my God. I can cry over their destination, but in the morning, 
I'm worshiping God. Why? I'm on the Lord's side. Am I making sense? Can I just give it to you this way? None of my kids could stay in my house if they don't want to respect their mama or their dad. Why? That just causes problems in the relationship. You either going to love me and love my rules or you got to go love somebody else. God is just like that. He ain't going to beg you to love him. He's going to be good to you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to give you everything you need. But if you don't want him, he's a gentleman. I like to say he ain't in there trying to keep nobody that don't want him. <laughs> uh, what I look like trying to hold on to somebody that don't even want to love me. Are y'all in here? I don't know how I got out there, but it felt good. Why is Jesus teaching this story? He's teaching this story, this parable to teach you and I. He's just like the nobleman. And while he's went away to prepare the kingdom, before he left, he gave gifts for you to invest until he returns. And when he returns... He's going to ask us, Zuniga, where did we invest what he gave us? But Robert, he's going to ask us, son, good to see you. Where did we sow that he might reap the rewards? He's going to ask us, where did we labor, Sister Regina, and plant his word? And guess what? He got the right to ask you. Can I tell you why? He was a laborer himself. He has built everything for his honor and glory. And he labored. And he only calls those to be a part of his labor to work with him as a co-laborer. Can I give you a window to look through? Can't you see him on Calvary? Laboring to save you. Isn't he laboring, Steve, yes, with nails in his hands yes, to keep you in the group of God? Yes, Isn't he laboring yes, with nails in his feet yes, so you can have a firm foundation yes, when it comes to salvation? Yes, Isn't he laboring yes, with a crown of thorns on his head, yes, thinking deeply theologically what it means to have a sinner shaped in iniquity, washed in the blood, and born again. On the cross, God is laboring that you might be saved. He got the right, KD, to ask you now, what are you doing? Give an account. He died. Didn't he die? And in the grave. Reverend White, he was laboring. The old Baptist preacher said he went in the dirt. Took the sting out of death. Who you know can take the sting out of death? Who, who you know qualify to go in there and tell death you fired? Give me the keys. And then unlock the keys that held the generations before that lived and walked by faith to open the door 
hold of me. And early, laboring for the Father, he got up with the keys in his girdle and stole victory over the grave. I believe that's right. The Bible says that the tomb opened and out he came on resurrection ground. Now ain't God all right? I said ain't God all right? Because he labored. He asked you to labor. I need to ask you here what you're working with. Where's your faithfulness? It's not an option. God is asking much of you. And here's what I love. We are without excuse. Because he gave us all the same. Again, I'm closing. We don't all have the same ability. The same gifts. The same talents. Or the same intellectual capabilities to use what he gave us. But what you do have. Use it. And all God's people said. Father, thank you. This incredible experience in your word. May we be found faithful. Forgive us today for getting weary in well-doing. Forgive us today for making excuses. Forgive us today for listening to the citizens of this world instead of the assignment of our king. Would you take this New Beginnings Church, revive her this year, renew her mind, renew her commitment to following you, grant us an extra measure of power and longevity, capacity, to be faithful over what you have given us. We want to stand before you with confidence and not shame. Thank you, Lord, for this text. Pastor Zunica is coming with an invitation to salvation and church membership. Make a decision for Christ. Wow, there is time.